Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. SportsGrid.com, Craig Mitch, Davis, Maddock, two hours, fantasy sports talk, plenty to get to on today's show, including a preview of tonight's game between the Nuggets and Suns in the NBA. We'll recap what happened last night in Major League Baseball, help you out in DFS, talk a little fantasy football as well here on the show. So good to be with you here on the 9th of June, 2021. And Dave, it's good to be here with you as well. The, uh, the NBA at least had a little bit of drama last night in one of the games for sure. We'll hear from Ty Lue, the head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers, but it is good to be with you here. And a uh, close game in the NBA last night, down to the wire. Didn't see the end of it, of course. It ends at 1 a.m., so hard for me to stay up for that one, but it looked like it was a really exciting finish. Yeah, was was a, a great and exciting finish. You know, we got uh, Donovan Mitchell introducing himself, introducing himself on the national stage to the NBA audience. You know, the, the joke about the Jazz this entire time has been like, no one knows who any of their players are, right? Like they, they you know, they, they have the same phenomenon as the Warriors. They play late at night, but the Warriors, they were on ESPN every morning. You know, you could, you could not go anywhere without seeing the Warriors when they were, when they were in their pomp, but no one really cared about the Jazz. No one cared that the Jazz were the best team in the NBA. Everyone wanted to talk about LeBron and his injuries and the Nets and James Harden's injuries and Jokic winning the MVP and then trying to give the MVP to everyone else. And look, we're here in the playoffs and the Jazz are an amazing team. They, they didn't even have Mike Conley last night who made, let's like not forget, Mike Conley was an all-star. I mean, was he the most deserving all-star of all time or was it kind of a, a ceremonial award? I think a little bit of both. But Mike Conley did not play for the Jazz last night. They were able to grind out the win with a lot of uh, Jordan Clarkson minutes. He was not particularly effective in those minutes. And it's, it's going to be an uphill climb for the Clippers here for sure. All right, let's get to our headlines here. You heard Chris's. Here are ours. Uh, not much to talk about with the Sixers and Hawks. Uh, Philadelphia basically took care of business. They needed to. And, and who knows? This, this series could go either way. I think we'll have a fun series here. Uh, Utah, as Davis mentioned, go up 1-0 in their series lead against the Clippers. Mitchell with the big game for sure. And also we'll talk about what happened at the end of the game as well. The Lightning advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. And Vegas goes up 3-2 on the Colorado Avalanche. So it looks like we're headed for a very big game six. Uh, which will be tomorrow, and George Kurtz will be with us to preview that one as well. Pittsburgh Pirates have another blunder on the bases. This time it's Key Brian Hayes. The young rookie hits a home run but misses first base. They challenge it. Walker Bueller throws a, a ball over to first base. They touch the bag. They call him out. This also happened to Bobby Wood Jr. in the minor leagues, who they said he did not touch home. Very rare and odd to have this happen at the same time. And we'll actually hear from the manager of the Pirates, Derek Shelton, a little bit later on on, on what happened there. Uh, but the big story today, of course, was that game between Utah and the Los Angeles Clippers. For those of you who were tuning in and did not see the end last night, very close game, right down to the wire. There was a final opportunity for the Clippers to come back and tie the game. And their head coach, uh, Ty Lu was asked about potentially that last possession and why he did not call a timeout. Yeah, any thought to call in a timeout before that last possession? No. You 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 didn't want Utah's defense to get set? Yeah, I didn't want to take Gobert out, out the game and have their switchable guys in or have time to, you know, talk about it as a team if they want to foul or not. And I just thought getting a stop, 
you know, get down on a break with, with um, Gobert on the floor. He was, was going to be able to generate an open three, but he did a good job of closing out to the corner. Um, I got to watch it, but um, that's the best time to try to get a three, especially when a team doesn't know if they're going to foul or what they're going to do, you know, coming down in transition. Well, Davis, pretty good explanation from Ty Lue, the head coach. He's had a lot of experience, of course, in the NBA over the past decade coaching. What do you make of that at the end of the game? What would you have done? Uh, you know, I, I am not ever one of these people that kills the coach late in the game for not taking the timeout. Now, if it would have been like eight seconds or something like that, I think you probably take the timeout just to give your guys a chance to breathe, figure it out. But R- Rondo corrected that rebound with 15 seconds left on the clock. That's enough time for Rondo to look over at Ty Lue and be like, you know, are we taking a timeout? Or are we not taking a timeout? Mm-hmm. And it's also enough time for Ty Lue to get a play call in, right? For him to, to you know, be like, okay, you know, Kawhi, you're taking this, George, you're taking this, you know, Rondo, run X, Y, and Z. You know, these guys can relay these in, in a matter of minutes. And Paul George had just made a three-pointer and Kawhi Leonard had just scored off of a backdoor cut. So in like, in like 40 seconds, it got it from being, you know, a not close game. It was a, it was a six point game uh, down to a, down to a three point game. I, I think probably this was the right thing. Now the shot that they ended up with was Marcus Morris pulling up with, you know, Rudy Gobert in his face and, it, and the shot got blocked and it, and it looked terrible. And that's why the reporter asked that because the, the end result was terrible and maybe Ty Lue should have done better in terms of like, okay, if we get this rebound, guys, this is what we're doing. Um, but I, I'm not going to kill him for it. I mean, you, you want Kawhi Leonard or Paul George to take that shot. You, you don't want Marcus Morris taking that shot. But I, I don't really have a problem with it. I think it was fine to not take the timeout. All right. Well, we'll see what happens next game. I, I think that this could be a good series. The game was close. The spread was in doubt right right up until the end, of course. And, uh, and, and the Clippers did cover in that game. So certainly that was the right side there, but Utah does look good for the series. You're up one Oh, that's kind of the way it works. we got a preview of tonight's game coming up next Denver in Phoenix and certainly some pressure tonight on the Denver nuggets. There are some who feel that Phoenix are going to win all their home games and Denver's going to win all theirs. And this is going to go seven. We'll see if Davis shares that same thought. Also we'll hear from Nikola Jokic who won the NBA MVP. And we'll look at how the voters decided on the top three. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today on Sports Grid. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Suns tonight is the marquee game in the NBA. Unfortunately for us, it's the first time, I I think in a long time, we've only had one game in the NBA. So kind of sad a little bit that we've reached this point in the season and the NBA is going to want every night to be the marquee game. We're there in hockey now at this point with the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals. But I do think tonight 
it, it, you know, it's interesting, Davis, when I look at this game, because I, I don't think that it matters tonight. Like, I, I don't think so. Like, I think if Denver wins, it does. But I don't think Denver's going to win. I think Phoenix is. I think they're going to go up 2-0. And then I think it's going to go back to Denver. And I think Denver's going to win their two games at home, too. Like, I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like these two teams are very evenly matched. And it's going to come down to a game six or a game seven. I could be completely wrong. But here are the odds. Uh, Phoenix is minus six tonight at home in the desert. The total is 222 and a half. And the Suns lead the series one game to none. This will be a nice game for Nikola Jokic where uh, he's basically, I guess they'll go back to Denver and then they'll give him the MVP when they're at home. But the the Suns are playing very good basketball. Chris Paul came through in a big way. Looks like he's healthy now. So they certainly have a chance. FanDuel is telling you Phoenix is probably going to win the game. We don't know if they'll cover. But uh, how do you see this one tonight? Do you have any leans here? Denver, I know you liked them in the points last time. So uh, the total is 225 and a half. Do you have any opinion at all on this one tonight? Yeah, I mean, six points does feel like quite a bit for me. And I don't know. This is this is probably more of a me problem than anything else. It has been hard for me to buy into the Phoenix Suns as being this incredible team. And, and you know, I mean, that, that says more about me than it does about the Suns. They've been amazing. One of the best teams in the NBA in net rating. But, you know, if you look at their roster – Compared to what it was last season, the big additions, Chris Paul, obviously, and Jay Crowder, who played for the NBA finalist Miami Heat. And look, Jay Crowder, good NBA player. Chris Paul, great NBA player. But, you know, they're still relying on Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker. And those guys were part of a Phoenix Suns team that really was not that good last year. And and also, you know, it's, it's not fair. The Nuggets, they don't have Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. Right. is actually listed as questionable for this game. He's got uh, he's got that lower body injury. Now, Will Barton, for the first time, has been upgraded from out to doubtful for this game. Probably he will not be playing in this game, I would imagine. And if Michael Porter Jr. – I mean, if Michael Porter Jr. doesn't play in this game, what what are we wanting Nikola Jokic to do? I mean, this is they, – their starting lineup without him would be Facundo Campazzo, Austin Rivers, Jamichael Green – uh, Paul Millsap and and Nicole Jokic, like just just a total cast of nobodies there with Jokic. I, w- I would honestly feel bad for him, you know. At, at that point, it's like it's like what do you even what do you even want him to do? But yeah, I, I think you got to take the Suns tonight. But I I don't feel good betting against my guy Nicole Jokic. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And look, you should feel good because you pick Jokic to win the MVP. That's way more important. Much better odds there. You can pivot on on this side too and still come out on top. Um, but but again. You know, I lean on you for the picks, but I lean on myself for the odds. And the odds are telling me that Phoenix, that FanDuel views Phoenix as the better team. And and when they go back to Denver, I don't know what the line is going to be. And, it, and, and all books are going to react to this game tonight before they make a line for the next game. I mean, that is, that's the way that it works. But I don't see Denver being a six-point favorite now when they go back to Denver. I think they'll probably be three or four if Phoenix wins tonight, wins by more than six. And that tells me that Phoenix is supposed to win the series. But as you mentioned, if Porter Jr. is healthy and he plays well, that certainly can change. But uh, I'm with you here tonight. I, I, I will jump on board and take Phoenix minus the six tonight. But don't take my picks to the book. <laughs> do not do that. That is just my opinion on the NBA. Now, in terms of the MVP, we found out yesterday that Davis's guy, Nikola Jokic, ended up winning. And here were the final results in terms of this. Uh, Jokic got 971 total votes and, of course, the most first place votes by far. Steph Curry actually got more first place votes than Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers. But Embiid ended up getting more votes at 586. Curry got 453. But really the story that comes out of this a lot of times in sports is when someone unique wins a a league award. And in this case, a European player, Nikola Jokic, wins it. And he talked about winning it, but, you know, kind of not just about him, but all of the other great European players that have come before him and the doors that could be open for him winning the MVP after him. Of course. I think the even back in days when Lada, Lada Divac and Pejas Tarkovic and uh, Dirk and all of them, I remember Hida Turkoglu and there is a lot of Draja Petrovic, of course, uh, were coming to, uh, to, 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 to and open up kind of the, the way to European players. 
for coming to the United States and play basketball. Uh, I think the European player, players can, uh, not European, just the players around the world can offer something uh, different, you know, and something, uh, especially the, the, the players who play, um, let's say, EuroLeague, because it's a little bit more, uh, uh, not focus, it was just discipline basketball, I think, personally. And uh, they can they can offer a lot much a lot more uh, of discipline in this in today's NBA I think. Well, he mentioned some names that are in my wheelhouse, Davis, like Vlade Divac, of course, who played for uh, at a very high level with the Los Angeles Lakers, and then was moved to Sacramento. And and Divac was really good with the Kings. It was like the best seasons for the Kings in my lifetime, watching him and Chris Webber and some of the players that they had on those teams. Uh, Drazen Petrovic, who unfortunately was was killed in a car crash going back 20, 30 years ago, was one of the best shooters that I've ever seen play in the NBA. Sarunas Marshallonas played with the Golden State Warriors. And then, of course, the players that we see now, like Luca and, 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 uh, and Nicola and a lot of the other players, too. I don't know. What do you think this does for the game? It definitely puts some respect on on European basketball with a guy winning the MVP. But do you think that this will change the way that those players view the NBA? Will we see more of them and winning awards? Um, you know, it's it's hard to draw that one to one correlation, but I do I do think it is very cool for the NBA, which it, you know really does want to be a global brand, right? They do they do the preseason tours. They, they, uh, the NBA really wants to expand into China, right? The, the NBA, that's like, that's like one of their biggest goals is to really tap into that market. And there is, uh, yeah, as, as Nicola was talking about, you know, there is this long tradition of great European players coming over. But my, my guess would be that, you know, there are a lot of, uh, Facundo Compasso types, right? Who are, good but not great basketball players who just play in the Euroleague. They they play they play for, you know, Real Madrid or Barcelona or or, you know, Red Star Belgrade or whatever over in the European League. And they they never make the trip over here. And I think, you know, as the world becomes more globalized and as it becomes it's just it's just how easy is it to scout European kids. You basically scout a European kid the same way that you would scout an American kid. And I, I think that would do nothing but make basketball better, right? You know, getting the uh you know getting the the best you know 24 25 year olds who are playing over in europe on to nba teams i i think would be good and, and i i you know I, I think that Jokic obviously it's probably inspiring a lot of uh tall lanky eastern european kids to pick up a basketball right and i think that i think that luca will be the same way do you think that that you do you think uh, davis and we have a minute to go do you think Jokic on FanDuel for next year will be the favorite to win the mvp or will there be that like Giannis hangover where someone else will go into the season with a different narrative there? Yeah, I think it probably depends on how the playoffs go. My, my guess is, is if the 76ers beat the Nets, Embiid will be, Embiid will end up being mm. the, the MVP favorite. I mean, I, I still think that in the end, Embiid would have won the MVP had he stayed healthy because the vote, the voters just did not want to vote for Jokic. They really didn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't appear that way. That's a good point too. You know, you know, you may be right. Even if Philadelphia beats uh, Atlanta, I, I think you're you're spot on with that. I think MB probably will be the favorite going into the season, no doubt. All right, well, from NBA to Major League Baseball, we go. The San Francisco Giants take on the Texas Rangers. Looks like a pick'em game. We'll have an opinion for you on that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sports today here on Sports Grid. National Baseball Hall of Fame announced about an hour ago that they're going to push back their uh, ceremony in Cooperstown. Not that that affects betting or fantasy or anything else, but just to give you a little bit of a heads up, it's now going to be on Sunday, September the 8th. So, uh, yes, that is the same day of the NFL. So that's the choice that they are making. But regardless of that, Derek Jeter. Larry Walker, Marvin Miller will uh, all be inducted into the Hall of Fame outside ceremony. I guess they need a little bit more time as opposed to doing it on July the 12th. Probably a good decision in terms of delaying it a little bit, but uh, they're going to have some competition uh, on that day. So uh, needless to say, let's get to our betting odds for today. No Hall of Famers on the Texas Rangers, I don't think. They are at home as a minus 108 over on FanDuel. It's a pick em game. The total is eight. It's a pick em because the Giants are much better than the Rangers, but the Giants are using an opener today. Zach Littell will open the game. They're going to use a lot of bullpen arms. Texas will have Kyle Gibson. As I mentioned, total is eight in the game. The Rangers, before today's game, have placed their closer, Ian Kennedy, on the injured list. That's bad news for them because they'd love to trade Ian Kennedy in three weeks, Davis. That's the only reason why that's bad news for them. But beyond that, the Rangers, let's just be honest, they're a disaster. Giants are a much better team. But any times there's, there's an opener versus a starting pitcher, it's it's a dicey bet. It is. It's just true. You don't know how those guys are going to do. In general, if you went back and look at odds, I can almost guarantee you you're winning less than 50% of the time when you don't have a starting pitcher. But that being said, the Rangers are, again, one of baseball's worst teams. What do you see in this one today? Yeah, they are one of baseball's worst teams. They are also going to be without Joseph Gallo today and also without without Nate Lau. He is, he is not in the starting lineup today. So this is the lineup that the Rangers are using against the combination of uh, Zach Littell and Sammy Long. Uh, Kiner Falefa, Brock Holt, Adelise Garcia, Willie Calhoun, Nick Solak, and then this is where, I mean, these guys, Jason Martin, Charlie Culberson, Eli White, and Jonah Heim. I mean, just these are guys who you could uh, walk into Starbucks and be getting coffee next to them, and you would you would not recognize you, you like you'd see Charlie Culberson, and you'd think that he was like an electrician or something. You you would have no idea who this guy is. Um, so I, I I actually am gonna take the Giants here in the Pick'em game. I know I know you hate the opener. I know you're I know that's uh, it goes against all of your sensibilities, but. I mean, this this Rangers lineup is just it's really bad. Like I just I just do not know what this lineup is. Yeah, I mean Brandon Crawford is like dialing it back from ten years ago. He's having such a good year. And the Rangers are look, they're they're one of the worst teams in baseball for sure. Maybe there is some value getting the Giants at only minus one oh eight in this one, but uh, always dicey for me because all it requires is just like two or three runs to whoever's opening up the game, and it just destroys the whole game plan for the for the for the manager. So uh, we'll see. That game starts in about an hour. Okay, uh, next game is two thirty seven Eastern. We have Arizona taking on Oakland, and if you're wondering why the odds are so big in Oakland's favor, it's because the Diamondbacks are the worst team in baseball this season. In fact, they're the worst road team. I believe in the history of the sport through two and a half months, uh, they, I think they've only won three of 21 or just something insane. Their lineup is in shambles. They're probably going to trade David Peralta. They're probably going to trade Eduardo Escobar. Bumgarner's on the injured list. Gallon is on the injured list. It, it just everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. So they're in full punt mode and chasing the first draft pick. Oakland is minus 215 today. So the only thing you can do is take Oakland on the run line, like minus a run and a half. Manaya is much better than Matt Peacock. Matt Peacock is is not a starting pitcher. 
in baseball. And if he gives up four or five runs, Davis, they're going to leave him in. He's going to pitch five, six innings today. It's just the way that the Diamondbacks have been doing things. But I ain't laying minus 215. So it's, and I'm not taking Arizona, by the way, either. So it's minus one and a half for me or nothing. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got, a, I got a question for you. Do you remember the last time, other than Wilson Contreras, you saw a catcher leading off for a major league team? Do you, can, you, can you remember the last guy you would have seen who was – you remember? Yes, I do. Um, well, two, well, two guys. Uh, JT Realmuto did lead off for Miami once. Yeah. But it was, it, it was very sporadic. But there was a catcher on the Pittsburgh Pirates for many years. His name was John Jason, Jason Kendall. No. Oh. Uh, oh, John Jason. That's a good one, too. That's a good one, too. Yeah, he probably let off also. But there was this guy named Jason Kendall who used to steal 25, 30 bases a season. If you go back and take a look, he was the leadoff hitter for the Pirates for years, maybe four or five years. But you're right. Yeah, uh, I actually I actually I, I remember um, I remember Jason Kendall uh, because he finished out his career in 2010 with the Kansas City Royals. So I, I remember yeah. him. I remember him there. But the the point of bringing that up is Carson Kelly is leading off today against against Sean Manaya and Carson Kelly not even a good hitting catch. I mean he's fine or whatever, but okay. yeah, the the Diamondbacks they, they can't hit this guy uh, Matt Peacock. He cannot strike yeah. anyone out. Uh, in 2019 yeah. in in AA he had uh, just a, a 17% K rate with a 9% walk rate. I mean he just he is going to get blown up today against the Oakland Athletics. So I, I'm with you. I think you probably bet the over here uh, if you if you want to get some real action on the game or you just bet the, the Oakland A's run line because, I mean, come on, who, who is betting who is betting the Diamondbacks at these prices? I, I can't imagine that the FanDuel Sportsbook is finding many takers. No, no. On top of it, I don't even think Arizona's going to score runs. So like Oakland could score seven. You still lose on an over. But I, I'll run it minus a run and a half. That does sound juicy today. Uh, speaking of minus run and a half, still no, still no respect for the Cubs here today. It probably shouldn't be. You Darvish is going to throw tonight, and oh, actually, it's a four ten Eastern game. Excuse me. Padres are back at home. Total is eight, and Jake Arrieta has this nice little reunion tour for the Chicago Cubs. It went very well the first week of the season, and since then, uh, I mean, you kind of know who he is at this point. So Jake Arrieta is throwing five or six innings, and three runs are coming across. It's just a matter of how deep you Darvish gets into the game. There's no doubt Darvish's K prop is probably going to be nice and juicy today too. I mean, I, I give the Cubs a little bit more of a chance than I do Arizona, obviously. I mean, you get a plus 190 Davis on a, on a team that's above 500. You got to at least consider it. But I'm, I'm just more interested maybe in watching this one today. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, so this is where I'm at. I don't want to bet on Jake Arrieta. I don't want to bet against the Padres. I don't want to bet against you Darvish. Um, and, and so it just, it just kind of leads you to one of those spots where it's like, okay, well, you know, if I, if I want to get action on this game, what do you do? And I, I, I really liked the Padres last night against Zach Davies. They mm -hmm. scored one run, you know, they were, uh, they, they were making me, they were, they were making me sweat last night. It was, it was brutal watching them out there. And they were even playing, you know, close to their, their best lineup. They had Machado and Tatis and Cronenworth and Osmer. Everyone was in there. Only one run against Zach Davies. So maybe, maybe you go the other way and you say, Oh, they just got unlucky last night, so they're gonna they're gonna cork off uh, the runs here today. I mean, I, I I also think maybe you could bet the under here, though. Uh, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a day game. Day games are historically slightly lower scoring. Uh, this one is in San Diego, generally you know friendly for starting pitchers. So maybe maybe that's the way we lean. We lean the under here. Okay, could be the case. Yeah, you're right. Um... You know, I, I think that usually in these games in the afternoon on the West Coast, you, you, you're probably better off just blindly betting unders in this spot. Uh, the, the game is a little bit warm today in San Diego. They're looking at temperatures in the high 80s, but I'm with you there. I, I think an under is definitely a possibility there. Um, in terms of other players, for those of you who are getting ready to make lineups here today, you're right. The Texas Rangers... I mean, Garcia and, and Kiner Falefa are very good players, right? Uh, I like Solak, mm -hmm. too, so I'll, I'll throw Solak in there. But Brock Holt is at third. You have Jason Martin, who I happen to like, but let, let's be honest, it just hasn't worked for him. He was involved in the Garrett Cole trade, by the way. He went over to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh let him go. He's now in the outfield with Texas. Culberson at first, Eli White in right, 
Jonah Heim at catcher. And essentially, the Giants are putting out their starting lineup, it looks like to me today. So, yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that one. Yeah, I mean, and that is um, that is something that if you stay on top of it is pretty helpful for betting baseball is if you can get on and bet, you know, within two, three, four minutes of the actual lineups coming out and one team clearly has their B team rolling out and one team is clearly rolling out their best possible lineup. And you get this a lot during day games because teams have different schedules. Managers have different opinions on like, oh, you know, we rest these guys at day games or, oh, you know, I rest guys on Sundays or I like to rotate through rest. Like, you know, what what I think probably the, the more analytical approach would be would be to rotate rest so that you have something like your 80th percentile lineup out there all the time, you know, keeping guys healthy. But I, I do feel like the way a lot of old school baseball managers think is I play my I play my A team as much as possible and then I do one big rest day, right? I do I do one big rest day for yeah. my mm-hmm. my five best players. Um and and it, it appears that is what uh, the Texas Rangers are are doing today. The San Francisco Giants are not, I don't even know who manages the Texas Rangers at this point. Uh could would would uh, would get that one would get that one wrong on uh, on uh, some bar trivia. Yeah, uh, I believe it's Chris Woodward, if I'm not mistaken. I think it is, um, but it's the same as me trying to guess the Indiana Pacers head coach, and uh, they've fired her, their head coach today. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later in the show. Well, uh, Garrett Cole, who we're going to talk about later, uh, certainly had the comments that were most noted yesterday in baseball about him using or not using a spider tack but he's on the mound today and will davis choose to use him in dfs well that's the question that you're going to have to answer coming up also it looks like davis is going to go with a pitcher on the mound that i'll be uh, at the game tonight for so i have some interest in discussing this that's also coming up next a little bit later our fantasy football best ball previews continue so stay with us to stay on the grid we're back in just two minutes don't go away SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Daily Fantasy over on FanDuel. Craig Lynch, Davis Maddock back with you here on Fantasy Sports Today. Good to be with you here on this Wednesday. Midweek edition, so we have day games and night games. A little bit of an interesting slate, I would say the least. But as we take a look at the starting pitchers today, it does not look like Spider-Tack has affected Davis's mind as it pertains to who he's going to select today. So let's take a look at the top pitching options for Davis. And then we'll get into this a little bit more. And then later in the show, in Fantasy Reality, Brett will pose us the question about Garrett Cole, who is at 11500 today over on FanDuel. 
We have Austin Gomber pitching in Miami. The Marlins starter is a TBD, so a little bit of a bullpen probably today. He's at 9,500 tonight, left-handed pitcher. Alec Manoa, great first start, not so great second start, 8,500 tonight. And then Taiwan Walker, who seemingly is, uh, is undervalued at 7,800. But as I said yesterday, the game is in Baltimore, and that always makes me nervous. It gets hot at Camden Yards. The runs start flying out. It's definitely what happened in Baltimore yesterday. So, Davis, let's go through the starting pitchers for tonight's slate. Yeah, it is It is pretty hot uh, there in, in Baltimore. You definitely want to – I mean, that that is a spot where, like, you, you should probably be checking the weather if there's wind blowing out. You know, or or at least even even wind just not blowing in, and it's 87 degrees in Baltimore. It's maybe not going to be the spot to use Walker, but does have that good you know that good matchup against the Orioles, who strike out a ton. Manoa, I think, is pretty interesting. They're playing. Uh, he's playing at the White Sox, which is not a great pitching environment, but it is a little bit better than than Buffalo and Dunedin. And I just I just am fascinated by him. Uh, you know, he did so well in that first start against the Yankees was just blowing, was just blowing pitches by guys. Um, and I, I'm just pretty fascinated by him. I also think Gomber is pretty interesting. He's got that great matchup against the Marlins. He's very expensive relative to some other starting pitchers in the slate. And I think that is going to lead to him being, you know, very under-owned. We got guys like Zach Eflin pitching on the slate, Tyler Anderson against the Dodgers. I, I'm not interested in him at all but he does receive a strong projection for his price. Griffin Canning against the Kansas City Royals, even Tony Gonsolin with pretty much the best matchup in baseball going up against the Pirates. But yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about my guy, Garrett Cole. Um, he goes so deep into games. And like, I don't know, don't you feel like if he is using this spider tack stuff, like he, I, I think Garrett Cole is probably a great starting pitcher, even without any of these adjustments. So I, I'm not, I'm not particularly worried about him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I mean, look. I don't think he got to Houston, and they said, "Here's this spider tack, and have at it." And that's the reason why he's had all this success for five years. I, I don't think that's the reason why, but we're going to find out. <laughs> that's for sure. So, uh, and I don't know that tonight will be an indication of that either. But we'll see. Okay, over to first base we go. Cody Bellinger, as Davis mentioned, good matchup, thirty nine hundred for him. Pete Alonso, Davis was right. Just keep putting him in. Eventually he'll hit. And last night he did. And so, wow, FanDuel's adjusted this pretty quickly. 3,800 tonight for Pete Alonso. Reese Hoskins, 3,200. And then Eric Haas, if I'm not mistaken, is a catcher who has been on fire over the last week, is 3,100 tonight. Yeah, uh, Haas, I mean, that guy just feels like he, he is never going to stop hitting home runs. And I, I, uh, I actually got lucky and made like a very – cheap claim for him in the nfbc main event might be might be my mm -hmm. my claim of the year uh he is he is now up to eight home runs uh That's this crazy. guy is he's, he's 28 years old he's been hanging around uh the cleveland indians minor league system forever but you know i i don't know so i i do believe that hot and cold streaks exist i think they're very hard to nail down and to use them predictively but i i do just feel like right now eric Haas, i i feel like he's hot uh he, i definitely feel like he has a very strong matchup tonight so i am uh, i am definitely interested in him uh pete alonzo he he rewarded us for continuing to use him even when he wasn't hitting that well and as we see this price adjustment tonight you know it shows you you're not going to get these bargains for very long. You're not going to get your Pete Alonso's at 2,800. Your, uh, you know, Jordan Alvarez is at 3,000. Like when these really good hitters are in a slump and when their prices go down, you need to make sure to capitalize on them when those prices are low because they're not going to stick around there for very long. Reese Hoskins has the platoon advantage against Tyler Davidson. Um, you know, I think that many of the Phillies are in a, a good spot here tonight, and I just think that's a, a nice price for Reese Hoskins. Okay, over to second base with Merrifield of the Royals, 3,700. Gene Segura on Philadelphia, 3,200 tonight on FanDuel. Jazz Chisholm of the Marlins, 3,200 as well. And then Marcus Simeon, as Davis mentioned, the MLB, the show, uh, play, player of the month, 3,200. In order to get Simeon, you have to go through all of these moments. And so my son is like, Dad, I, I can't do this, Jesse Winker. I'm having all these problems. Uh, can you get in? And I did, I did the Jesse Winker moment for him with all the extra base hits and, and uh, still a long way to go before we get that card of Marcus Simeon Davis. But he's got dad involved now in it. I'm on board. 
Yeah, I might have to. I might have to show them how to do it because uh, this morning I, I I knocked out all of those moments, and I am now the proud wow. new owner of a of a Marcus Semyon uh, second base shortstop eligible player, and uh, the card looks really cool. And certainly, I mean, he the guy the guy is just absolutely crushing the ball. How can we how can we pass up on Marcus Semyon yeah. at thirty two hundred against anyone? You know, I don't care if it's against Lance Lynn. Like Semyon is just hitting the ball too well right now. Uh, of course, we love Whit Merrifield against uh, Griffin Canning. Actually, when I was making this list, he was up against uh, Andrew Heaney. That was the projected starting pitcher. They changed that over the last little bit. No big deal. Uh, you know, we still like him there. John Segura puts you an advantage, same as Reese Hoskins. I mean, Segura is, he is such an underrated player. Like he's going to, he's going to end the year with, you know, 28 home runs, nine, 10 stolen bases. He's going to hit 280. He's going to be great, and and no one will no one will have appreciated any of it. And he, he's been fantastic this entire time. And then, of course, pretty much any time Jazz has the platoon advantage or or is just up against a, a mediocre starting pitcher as he is today with Gomber, we are gonna we are gonna want him in the lineup. Okay, uh, at third base tonight, Jose Ramirez down a little bit from forty one hundred to thirty nine hundred. Keep Brian Hayes, who seems to hit every day for the Pirates, thirty six hundred. Nolan Arenado of the struggling Cardinals. Wow, five in a row, I believe. 3,200 for them. And Yoan Mancata, who, man, I don't think we've talked about almost at all this year. He's at 3,000. It, it looks like Mancata, honestly, is just an average third baseman, Davis. I know they got him in the Chris Sale deal. We tried to make him into a star. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I just I think we know who Mancata is at this point. I, I don't think he ends up being an all-star every year. Yeah, uh, and and you know I I did leave off just for you. I left off Jonathan VR today against Matt Harvey because I know I know you're sick of talking about him, but we it's we do love VR. Jose, yeah, Jose Ramirez. Uh, I think you know against Wayne right here. Just again, I, Jose Ramirez so good for fantasy, always under owned. Cabrian Hayes is interesting because he has this matchup against Gonsolin. No one likes to play the Pirates. You know, certainly no one is going into the slate saying, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna stack our Pirates up." against Tony Gonsolin, but Cabrian Hayes is just one of those guys who over a small sample looks like he is going to be a star at the major league level. And maybe it doesn't hold and maybe he strikes out too much, but I mean, he, he just looks phenomenal. I mean, every, every time he's played, every time he's played professional baseball, he has been better than league average. And then just what a, what a weird price here for Nolan Arenado. I mean, I, I, I was taken aback to see him at this price against, you know, a, a, a very average starting pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. I thought, I thought that was, was just a little bit bizarre. And then, yeah, Moncada, good environment, high team total for the White Sox. Manoa might be great. Manoa might not be able to find the plate today. And I, and I think that, so you, you just cash in on some of the cheaper guys there. Okay. At shortstop, we have Trey Turner of the Washington Nationals, 4,100. Xander Bogarts, Mr. Underrated, 3,600 for the Red Sox. Labor Torres still waiting for him to pop off a little at 3100 and then Jose Iglesias I suppose if you're going to spend up for some others Iglesias provides a nice cheap option tonight at 2600. Yeah, well Iglesias bats cleanup for the Angels sometimes. Now it depends on it depends on what lineup they run out and and you know we we talk about this some managers just line up they they just run the same guys out in the same order every single day. The Angels have not been one of those teams. The only the only constant is Otani bats second, Rendon bats third, and then around them, I mean, they could do anything. They've let off Juan Lagares. They've batted Juan Lagares cleanup. They have led Iglesias off. They batted Iglesias sixth, seventh, fourth, fifth. So that is definitely a check the lineup situation. But if he bats fourth, I think he I, I think he's pretty solid. Glaber Torres, uh, you know, it's just you you want power. Glaber Torres is going to give you some of that power at shortstop. Does he have the greatest matchup in the world? I mean, Dobnak is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. It's hot in Minnesota. Like he, Glaber Torres just always rates well in our stuff because his his power numbers relative to other guys at shortstop uh, is is out of control. Xander Bogarts is our highest projected shortstop of the day. He is, uh, as we talked about this on the show last week. I mean, he really is having. If Otani was not the storyline of this season, Bogarts would be a guy who I think could could possibly win American League MVP, especially because it does seem like the Red Sox are going to win more games than you and I both anticipated. And then, yeah, Trey Turner, platoon advantage against uh, against Shane McClanahan. 
I mean, Turner does it all. Turner is going to steal 20 bases and hit 35 home runs this year. Going to be a first-round fantasy baseball pick next year. He is, he is just done his job every single day for the Washington Nationals. And finally, we go to the outfield where a 470-foot home run for Shohei Otani has him at his highest price all season long on FanDuel. He is now at 4,200 tonight not even as a pitcher. It's incredible how much uh, of a great season he's had. And now FanDuel's made the adjustment. He's a popular player. They cannot price this guy at 3000 anymore. He's at 4200 tonight. Christian Yelich is at 3800 Andrew Benatendi has come on for the Royals after a week April. His May was great. Uh, Chris Taylor of the Dodgers, 3000 And Jordan Alvarez starting to dip in pricing, Davis. He's down to 3000 tonight. Yeah, this uh, this Jordan Alvarez price that was the one where I was like, "What are we What are we doing here?" He's up against Nate Eovaldi. It's not like it's not like Alvarez has been in this gigantic slump. Like he has been, he's been having a good season. He's always going to strike out a bunch, but Eovaldi, despite throwing, you know, I mean, Eovaldi can touch a hundred on the gun if he's feeling it that day. But he's never been a big strikeout pitcher because his fastball doesn't move very much. And if your fastball doesn't move very much against uh, Jordan Alvarez, I think that you're going to have treble. Uh, Chris Taylor, is there is there a more underrated player in fantasy baseball than Chris Taylor? I, I posit to you, I, I do not think there is. He's got eight home runs. He has six stolen bases. He hits in what is ostensibly the best lineup in baseball. Sometimes he leads off. Sometimes he bats seventh. They move him around, but it doesn't matter. He pretty much always does his job. Uh, Benintendi, good matchup here against Griffin Canning. Otani, great matchup against Brad Keller, who sometimes just can't find the zone. Then he has to throw fastballs. And then Yelich at 3,800. It just just feels like a, a nice little price buy there. Yeah, for, for who Taylor is, there's no doubt. And not only that, but with the eligibility that he has everywhere, uh, this is the final year I think you're going to get him at any kind of a discount. He's beaten out outfielders. He's beaten out guys like Gavin Lux in the infield. They play him in the highest leverage spots in terms of the lineup. So there's just always a lot to like. I know he had an injury scare that people thought he'd be out for a long period of time. That didn't happen. So excellent point for sure there. Well, the Pittsburgh Pirates had one of the biggest blunders of the season when their first baseman, Will Craig, on an easy ground out, decided to chase Javier Baez backwards down toward home plate and then throw the ball home. And unfortunately for them, they had another pretty big blunder yesterday as their young third baseman, Brian Hayes, missed first base on a home run. We'll hear from their manager about that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Baseball rarity yesterday is Pittsburgh Pirates third baseman and young rookie star Brian Hayes hit a home run. But unfortunately for Hayes, as he was rounding first base, 
He did not touch the bag. His first base coach also did not notice. He kept going. The Dodgers saw it, and Walker Buehler, the pitcher, threw over to first base, tagged first, and he was called out. Second time in two weeks, the Pirates have had a, what we would call a somewhat significant blunder there in a game. And Derek Shelton, the manager of the Pirates, was asked specifically what happened on the play with Hayes last night. And I think he got caught. Well, obviously, Key got caught watching the ball. And uh, by the time he got past him, he had missed it. So, you know, it's one of those things that Key thought he caught the, thought he caught the back corner of it, and, and he didn't. And if he's sure, he, or if he even thinks he misses it, he's got to go back and touch it. I mean, Davis, that's the obvious answer there. And look, the Pirates are going through a tough year. I mean, we know that. It, it's going to be a down year for them, although don't tell the Marlins that. They, the Pirates just beat the Marlins three out of four. Uh, I mean, is this something to yell and scream about? Do you think that players should even have to touch the bases on a home run? No, of course they shouldn't. It's a leftover ceremonial rule from back in the 1800s when the fields didn't have fences. There were there were no fences on the original fields where they played baseball. They just played in big, giant grass lots. So if you hit the ball 400 feet, you had to touch all the bases because the ball was still technically in play. It's it, it's I mean, you know how I get with this old baseball crap. It's like, come on, guys, like wake up. It's it's 2021. Come on. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I get uh, him being called out there, and that should happen, but we should all now wake up and realize that we don't have to do that anymore. But in, but as a rule, it is a rule. It's a, it's a stupid rule. Um, I mean, I suppose that what it does is that it encourages kids to make sure that they touch the bases in the fundamental part of the game. My son saw that and said, that's why you have to touch the base, and I understand that. But as a big leaguer, I think we can move away from it. Hour two of Sports Grid is next after Chris's update. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 